Are you gay? Geeky? Just enjoy hearing your good Judy's dish about the latest in pop culture? Well, then you're in luck. The boys of Flame On are here for you. In every episode, we discuss the topics that entrance us. Whether it's comics, TV, movies, drag queens, or video games, we've got you covered. So, if you're ready for your gay and geeky slice of pop culture life, then sit back and get ready to Flame On! Hold up! What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Are you feeling a bit animated? Well, come on over to the Wicked Anime Podcast on the Nerdy Show Network, a bi-weekly podcast dedicated to animation, Japanese culture, and all things anime. With a true industry perspective, we're always diving deeper than school uniforms and tentacle monsters. Join us on the Wicked Anime Podcast, nerdyshow.com slash wickedanime. It's Wicked A! The following program, Flame On, is presented by the Nerdy Show Network, geeky programming for all nerds across the multiverse. All Nerdy Show programming is made possible by A Comic Shop, Orlando's number one comic shop and nerd destination, and with the generous support of listeners like you. To learn how you can support this and other fine geeky programming, visit nerdyshow.com. going on everybody welcome to flame on this is the voice the voice of the dock i did not get queen of the dock i'm just gonna let everybody know that Aww. right up front is that kind of like queen of the night kind of <laughs> but it's part of a show and a, it's a whole thing I, I mean what do you win do you win like a sore jaw and less elasticity or? Uh, no there was a sash oh okay possible cold sores quite possible <laughs> yeah well For those of you who are new listeners or returning listeners who've only listened for a few episodes, you may not recognize me as the person running an episode, unless you listen to the last one because I ran the Dragons and Hispanics one. But Brian is out of town, so this is Pat, your Talking Bearskin Rog, as your host for today's episode. Uh, Y'all can woo or clap or something. It's Pat. Hi, girl. Who are you? Thank y'all. So we are back with a full cast. All right, fine. It's a cast minus Pitterds. We're just missing the pitters. That's uh, fine. It's a pitterless cast recording, and we are here to talk about the month in geeky pop culture ness. Joining me in this journey into a pop culture rabbit hole, we have BJ. Hey, what's up? We have Oral. I'm a bitch. I'm a bitch. Oh, the bitch is back. Not so sober, as a matter of fact. Definitely not by the end of this recording. And we have Eric. <laughs> it's me. Oh, it- my goodness. We're still together, Pat. <laughs> oh. Day nine. <laughs> Was it, is it day nine? I thought it was day eight. No, oh. we spent eight days away together. Oh. And then we spent a night apart in our own beds. 
And then we've been back together since two o'clock this afternoon. Reunited, <laughs> feels so good. <laughs> Reunited, and why the hell did we even do that? No, I'm sorry. <laughs> so it is a time for us to talk about some pop culture stuff, and we're gonna kick it off with the reason why Eric and I are back together after an eight-day vacation away together. Ant Man and the Wasp. Woo! Oh yeah, buzz buzz. Bzz, bzz. Anthony Banderas, anyone? Ulysses S. Grant. (laughs) Uh, uh. So this is the first Marvel movie post-Avengers Infinity War. But pre. Yeah. But pre-Infinity War. It spans pretty much, it, it spans from the end of Civil War all the way to after uh, Infinity War. I mean, I guess in them it, talking about it, yeah. the, the actual time frame of the movie is about three days. It's but but like there's there's that montage at the end that you don't know how much time has passed. Well, I mean right, that's an after yeah. the after credit scene and all yeah. that. Like, but I mean, you the movie itself really just covers the, those couple of days because they give the time frame uh, for the the remainder of the house arrest. Yeah, yeah. So we're getting ahead of ourselves. So this is <laughs> the sequel to Ant Man. Which uh, was actually a pretty surprising Hard. success. Yep. Yeah. It was their heist caper movie. And it was very enjoyable. And now we get the sequel with co-headliner The Wasp, Evangeline Lilly. And uh, I I am curious to hear what you guys thought about it. BJ, since you were not there with me and uh, I don't know what you thought about this movie, why don't you kick us off with some... Highs and lows from Ant-Man and the Wasp. All right. So for those of you that don't know, I'm an entomology major. So like anything involving insects immediately tickles my fancy. Um, I lo- he I... lets them crawl all over him. Exactly. Yeah. Don't king shame her, Carol. It's my it's my Friday night. Um, couple of a couple of salamanders, couple of centipedes, and then I finish off with some ants. <laughs> um, can we play centipede at some point during a commercial break? We don't have commercials. <laughs> <laughs> Not yet. Um, but no, I I enjoyed it. It's everything since like Black Panther was amazing, but it was also it it kind of held a bit more of a serious tone. Um. And and Infinity War like had some really like some chuckle moments and everything, but the whole the whole of Infinity War was very morose and very you know bad shits about to go down. So it was kind of refreshing to have another. It's it's kind of a heist caper movie, um, because I like Scott Lang so much and watching him interact with um Hank Pym and uh and Janet is probably my favorite thing about the entire movie because like. He's just scared of Hank because Hank literally looks like he's about to shoot him at some point. And then um, Janet is make cracking jokes every now and then, but she's also more intense than she was in the first movie. When you say Janet, do you mean Hope? Is it Hope? It's Hope. Janet's her mom. Janet mm. is Michelle Pfeiffer. It's my fa- okay, I keep doing that. Hope. Um, no, it was. It was. I. I like I, all the characters' interactions. Uh, it's my high for the movie. Even his daughter. Um, and I really think the only the low point of the movie was uh Ghost, and it wasn't so much of a low point because Ghost is kind of advertised as the main villain, but she's not really the main villain. She's at at worst she's kind of a henchman, at best she's like 
kind of a victim that needs to be saved. I mean, I could see that. It's it's tough. I don't really feel like there is a main villain in this movie. Yeah. Because it's not just like two stories intersecting or or coming to a head. You have that third variable in there with the, I guess, arms dealer. Yeah, I was gonna say arms yeah. dealer. The tech the, arms dealer. Yeah, you have the tech arms dealer. So, or the black market tech arms dealer, because now all of that stuff is uh, governed by the Sokovia Accords. Yep. Because if you didn't get enough of it during Civil War and after, we're bringing it back one more time. And uh, yeah, I absolutely agree with you about uh, Cassie. Uh, her role in the film definitely took it a little bit outside of the the standard Moppet role and gave her a little bit more of a almost put her on par with some of the other supporting characters in the movie. She's so wonderfully weird. She's like every time they showed her in the movie, she, it was a breath of it was it was a breath of fresh air. She was just like like the parents are staring at the TV in horror and she's grinning ear to ear. That was that was one of my favorite parts. They pan <laughs> down to her and she's just smiling. It's like and on that screen was the first time they called uh, Scott uh, Giant Man. Yep. First reference to him actually being called Giant Man. So, Eric, what were your thoughts on the Ant-Man and the Wasp? It was good. You yeah. liked the movie. <laughs> I give it two thumbs up. No, it was... I mean, it's kind of been billed as this kind of palate cleanser from the past from Black Panther and Infinity War being a little more serious. I didn't I I certainly had fun in the movie and I laughed a lot. But I don't know that I necessarily needed a palate cleanser. I would have been fine with another more serious movie, but I know that that's not the character of Scott Lang. So, I understood for sure. It was a little strange that there wasn't really a villain other than just uh we got to keep moving the lab. It was like it was like situational. <laughs> yeah, it, it was ma- it was mainly situation. Situation was the main villain of the movie, really. Yeah, it was the hot potato MacGuffin chase. Yes, <laughs> that's all it was throughout the entire movie. It was like, who has the lab now? Can that be? Can that be our band name? Hot potato MacGuffin. <laughs> sure, I'm okay with that. Um, we're an ABBA cover band. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm definitely okay. There with we go. That. I'm down. Keep drinking, Laurel. Keep drinking. I'm here for jokes because I got nothing else. <laughs> but no, I thought Evangeline Lilly was really good as Hope. I thought Michael Douglas was sufficiently cranky enough as Hank Pym. Oh, yeah. um, uh, I really enjoyed Cassie. Um, and I read one like hypothesis thing that she may be the link That'll get us into a Young Avengers type movie. No, Cassie does. No, 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 no. I don't think she would die. I would think she would be a member. I can, yes. I can continue. No, no, definitely. This. I don't give a damn about Cassie Lang. <laughs> <laughs> I think stature comes across as a, as a marm and a nag. Um, the only Young Avenger of the original like group. Um, that had that strikes that balance of like adventurous and doesn't take no shit but also doesn't harp on you is kate kate bishop oh yeah which is why they keep like killing cassie bringing her back de-aging her making her back in high school there was one issue of like ant-man where i'm like is she eight like i think she's eight <laughs> um well young avengers is certainly that would actually be a book i would want to get into um, and I just don't know where to start on that. 
but because I've been out of comics recently. Honestly, you start at the beginning. You start with the um, Heinberg volumes because it's it's a very like interesting premise on how it starts, and something major happens in that. There's a, a like an ultimate collection of it okay. if it's still available. Um, where you have Patriot, you have um, Hawkeye, Wiccan, who's going by uh, as Guardian at, at the time. It's it's really cool. I totally suggest it. It stays pretty consistent, even with the crossovers. Uh-huh. What and was then, going on in Greater Marvel at that time that um, the series started? Civil War. Yeah, okay. Literally is like the... There's like a year, I want to say a year and change before Civil War happened. Okay. And then Civil War happens... Um, the Young Avengers play a part in that. Okay. Then they play a smaller part in Secret Invasion. Yeah. Yep. Uh, and then Dark Reign happened. That was terrible. But Avengers Children's uh Avengers Children's Crusade is a Young Avengers title, which is great, and it brought me back as Yay. a Scarlet Witch. Okay. Aww. Aww. All right. So Oral, you did or did not see Ant Man of the Wasp? I did not. Okay. I just didn't want to. I I knew that answer. I just didn't want the listeners to think that I was going to skip you and just go into mine and move on from there. I it's I just really don't care for um, Hank Pym. I, he's one of my. He is probably the the least my least favorite character in all of Marvel, save for stature. <laughs> <laughs> but the cherry on top, the person I hate most of all. Is Janet Van Dyne? Oh, I hate Janet. But Michelle Pfeiffer. I like Michelle Pfeiffer. She was in that movie with Coolio, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh God. That's all I got. Uh, Amish Paradise. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yes. The Amish. The Amish were there. <laughs> so I think this movie was good. I didn't think it was as great as the first movie. It did for me have a uh, a much better sequelness to it than Guardians of the Galaxy. It played off of the things that made it good in the first movie without overplaying them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, you had Luis doing his you know montage, you know reenactment storytelling montage which, which story, great. but you only had it once. Yeah, and, and it was just was, he was a little uh, bit, yep. he was yep. just a little bit of it, and that's it. So it really kind of had the same impact and made it the same level of fun without it being like beat you over the head with it. Like guardians of the galaxy volume two did. Yeah. Where it's like, Oh, Drax's, you know, one liners were funny. Now the entire movie has like 4,000 of them. So overall, I like this movie. I didn't love it. Like there wasn't anything about it that really grabbed me. I didn't love the fact that there was three storylines going on. You had Scott's storyline. You had, uh, then him with Hank uh, and with Hope. You had the uh, arms dealer trying to get the thing. Then you had the FBI, Ghost. You had and, FBI and, running around. Yeah, so then like these all split into like, three pieces of a pie that come together in the third act. And I'm like, I just didn't feel like this was the best use of it. It just felt a little overcrowded for me. Yeah. It led to some fun chase scenes. And honestly, the, using the shrinking and... Uh, making bigger and beginning yeah was a lot of fun the, that pez dispenser the salt shaker we'd already seen like these are things we already saw in the the trailers but 
I enjoyed it. It had some. It, I will say, uh, like w- uh, along the lines with the first Ant Man movie, this had some of the best fight choreography and fight special effects, especially with Ghost and like the whole idea. Like they go to punch her, they phase, she catches that she phases, they catch her, she, she catches them, and then like because I want to go back and see it because there's so many things you miss with her. And all of her fight scenes because she's just moving straight through stuff. Yeah, I could care less about. <laughs> I'm like, it was it was cool. I didn't yeah. mind it. I liked her costume a lot. Oh yeah. I really didn't know anything about Ghost, but I felt like I felt like I knew of the character. Which when I looked at her up on Wikipedia, it's uh, him in the comics. And yeah. I didn't, but it reminded me of other stuff. So I don't. I don't know. I, it, I I enjoyed it. It was good use of a character that really is kind of just there. Well, that like, was the thing. They really, for this movie, they really didn't need a villain. Yeah, I mean, they needed some. They needed an antagonist, but they really didn't need a big bad villain. Well, she, yeah, and, and she it, was advertised as one, but she really wasn't one in the movie. And it leads to the whole like, you know, it's somebody that you're eventually ending up helping at the end, and it's like, oh, okay, well, this person is not all so bad, but then they're trying to. It, it plays into the helping people motto or or motive of the entire film um and they used her to bring in goliath as well well yeah as soon as he uh as soon as they sat down with Lawrence fishburne and i kind of thought at the end that was goliath i would have been uh, so <laughs> happy if yeah. it was yeah i said it like i even said it to eric when we were there i was like goliath i did it twice first when Lawrence fishburne was talking and like half a beat after he started saying it i was like goliath and then the giant ant-man at the corner and i was like goliath <laughs> and then the suit deflated and i was like oh <laughs> you just played with my hopes and dreams uh i the the low part for me was at the end when hank and janet were at the by the shore and he had his little like retirement home there oh, and it yeah. popped up that he didn't turn around and backhand her just so they could complete the <laughs> Hank Pym cycle. Oh. <laughs> or if they had just come back in the post credit scene and she had a black eye or something. <laughs> oh, <laughs> no. Because that's what happens in the car. Oh, yeah. No, well, no, then it would have been at the, while they're on the rooftop. They're like, they're at the computers, they're at the computers, and you just, and he, you know, she argues with him and he goes to, like, do something and slaps her. Just, I'd be like, oh, all right, that works. <laughs> No, I, I mean, I didn't really find anything that was super bad about the movie. Um, overall, I think it was, I think it was pretty good. Uh, Post credit scene, uh, that was brings you back to reality. Holy crap! I can't believe they snapped all three of them. I honestly, so here's the terrible thing: is that's the best case scenario because it would be a bitch if they're sitting standing there next to to Janet and she just poof like. We just got you back. No, <laughs> I was actually hoping that Hank and Hope were snapped. And yeah. Janet wasn't. And she would have had to suit up for Avengers 4. Yeah. I thought but... that would have been cool. And oh. then I was also like, dang, Evangeline Lily has got to be pissed. Because, A, they already poke fun at the fact that, uh, why didn't you bring me along for Civil War? And then, B, you snapped me so I can't fight in Avengers 4. <laughs> They they said she does have a limited role though in it some at somewhere some point so we'll we'll see how that shakes out. Oh I, yeah, well they talked about the fact that she was seen wearing the bob wig, which is old hope for uh 
Avengers 4. Yeah. Whatever it will be called. Um, And then also, I distinctly remember a part in the... Wasn't there a, a part in the Ant-Man comic where he, Scott gets stuck in the microverse for a, a bit? Not a long time, but like... I don't think I've ever read an Ant-Man comic book 90, in my life. I'm 99% sure there was like a there was like a, sh- a stint where he gets stuck in the microverse. So well, but you know he's got to come out of it. He's got to be in Avengers 4. So At, at some point. <laughs> he's got to eventually rematerialize. Yeah. I think somehow he's going to get transferred from where he is in the Quantum Zone into the Soul Stone. Possible. I mean, Quantum's weird. Are you just putting the word quantum in front of things? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he'll find Galactus. While he's there. I mean, he is in the middle of some sort of... Cloud? cloud. <laughs> oh. 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 What they do to these characters. So overall, uh, I think we enjoyed it. We'll do uh, some quick flame ratings. BJ, out of five flames, what would you give Ant-Man of the Wasp? Three and a half. Eric? Three and a half. I think I'll round it out with a three and a half also. Oral, do you want to just randomly from our conversation give it a flame rating? What's cooler than being cool? Ice cold. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we uh, kind of talked about this or alluded to this earlier, but Eric and I just got back literally last night. We we're not even uh, 24 hours back on home turf. There was plenty of trance music. No, he's making swallowing noises. Oh. Or swallowing noises to the trance beat. I don't know. <laughs> That's what I was literally tea dance under the dick dock. That's a really tough yeah. time to be under the dick dock, though. Yeah. There's a lot of people well, out I mean, on the beach. Lo- I mean, it's, tripping. Low, it's low tide at that point. Well, true. So. You can't get swept away at yeah. that point. Uh, so, yeah. So, Eric and I went to Provincetown for Bear Week. We went up to Boston on uh friday the 6th and hung out there and eric might have gotten a little drunk no one else in our party did just eric i just want to point that out no one else was drinking it was just me i he knows how to vacation we said no eric we don't want to get intoxicated we want to enjoy and remember this entire trip with clear clarity and a clear head and he said, give me all the fireball. I want it. I want it all. That's what I want to know. Who the fuck was drinking fireball in that picture? Because I'm just like, ooh, alcohol. Ooh, good alcohol. Boop, fireball. Ooh, oh. fireball. That was... It was both we Chrissy all did. We both, all drank the fireball. Both Chrissy and Scotty bought fireball rounds. Yes. Yeah, so we went to the alley. And we, a couple of those rounds were doubles. <laughs> we went to the alley in Boston that Friday evening and uh, got cocktails. And uh, then went up to the really crowded upstairs bar, and Scotty was like, let's have shots. And he's like, what's an easy shot? I said, no tequila. I said, no Jaeger. (laughs) And so he went and bought shots. And the quickest and easiest thing for him to think of was Fireball. So we did a shot of Fireball. He didn't love himself or y'all. And then Chrissy went for shots and brought back Fireball. And then I think Scotty went back, or yeah, Chrissy he, went. Scotty went back again. Uh, I think I paid for it, but gave Scotty gave Scotty the money because I didn't want to get out of the booth. And um, the bartender was getting towards the end of the bottle, so he just topped them off. Oh, and basically, no. we did double shots of Fireball. Oh, so, yeah. So the ferry ride from Boston to Provincetown was not that enjoyable for me. <laughs> for Eric, because <laughs> after we went to the alley and left there at closing time at two o'clock. We then proceeded to go back to our hotel room, do some photo shoots outside of uh, the the hotel, as you do, Mm -hmm. and um, drink more in the hotel room. 
as you do. Uh-huh. Where Eric proceeds to not remember some of the stuff that happened and went to bed early. Oh, yes. boy. Um, we worked on and finished my turnabout mix. Ooh, girl, I'm so excited. Um, and <laughs> I will say this, we might have worked until about 4, 4.30 in the morning on it and drank and danced around the room. And then Scotty became like the rain man of drag performances. And it was adorable because he was like, like sitting there, finger in ear, like, th- like planning it out. And then somebody would talk and he's like, chip, chip, chip. and then go back to like getting into it and getting into that zone. DJ it was hysterical. Zen. So then, yeah, we did the ferry ride over, and Erica was not a happy camper for it. No, the rest of us enjoyed our time on the on the the ship because you were still drinking. Yes, yes, they did. Yes, we had a we had a cocktail on the boat. Oh boy! And uh, yeah, we proceeded to uh, have seven days of debauchery in uh, in Provincetown for Bear Week. So we hit up a couple of different parties. Y'all hit up the. Uh, Pig hit, dance. Yeah, we hit up the pig dance. I missed that one. That was my night to uh, stick it out. That was your night off. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we did a party at Velvet Underground. That was my night that off. That was your night off. Um, Eric and I did show tune night at the Wave Bar. Which was amazing. Oh, my gosh. Which was Chrissy and Scotty's night off. Mm-hmm. Uh, we did the underwear party at Purgatory. Yes. We all went to that. Uh-huh. We tried to go to the first night. And um, there was, I think, like a five or ten dollar cover, and it was midnight, and we're like, mm, "No, I'm not paying cover <laughs> to get in for an hour because the bars close at one." Oh! So when you roll up at like midnight and they're wanting to charge you a cover, you're like, mm, "I'm good." Hey, there are other bars that don't have a cover. That makes right sense. There. Hated like, it, girl. That's where you are early. What are you talking about? <laughs> okay, so my question. Because BJ wrote me a note and wanted me to ask. <laughs> oh, here we go. What Here's the bus. is a pig dance? <laughs> is that where they, is that, Is it like a luau? Yes. Yes. There's hula skirts and there's a pig with an apple in its mouth. I mean, there's plenty it, of. What's his name? Uh, there's plenty of spit roast. Oh, you beat me to on. it. <laughs> you beat me to it. Yeah, it's all. You ruined my joke. You ruined it. <laughs> It's he's what a, I do. He's a thunder stealer. <laughs> <laughs> no, pig, uh, pig dance is a uh, just a gear. Yeah, fetish. it's a fetish, a fetish dance First, party. Like, so basically, you just wear and leather, and they're just all night. Yeah, but luckily, yeah. I mean, we didn't spend a lot of time in the big room because it was just trance music that we didn't want to dance to. And how packed was the dance floor? It was pretty busy. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Outside by the pool deck was the busiest part. Ah, uh, well, okay. Just because it was hot there, but oh yeah, because I I ended up at the fireman's ball later in the week and trying to walk through Paramount, which is the bigger room, which is the sidebar where they have all the dance parties at the Crown and Anchor. Uh, just trying to walk through, I was ready to throw people out of my way because you do not know what it's like to be annoyed on a dance floor trying to walk through until you're repeatedly hit by somebody See? as they dance to the beat. Nope. Because it's like, uh, 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 uh. And I'm like, God damn. That is 90% of why I do not go to dance floors at clubs, bars, or anything, because I will fight you. Well, let us let me restate this. I was annoyed while doing this because I was sober. Oh, uh, see, it's worse when I'm That's drunk. That's the problem. And she was on a mission. What's his name? Oh, you beat me to that, too. God Thunder damn it. Stealer. God damn it. Thunder Strike. That's what it's called from now on. 
when you steal somebody's thunder. 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 We, we, that is thunder. a sound effect right there. So, so yeah. So we hit up a couple of those parties. We also hit up some amazing shows. We got to see the talented and lovely vocal stylings of Mr. Matt Alber. Oh. <laughs> Tell us how you really feel, Eric. Did you want to show him your vocal stylings? <laughs> uh, what did you think of the concert? Oh, it was amazing. We had a nice little cameo from Tom Goss. Um, I made that happen. Thanks. Keith, I don't remember his last name. Lawrence. The violinist was amazing. Yes, he's been, he's played with them for the last couple of years. He's worked with like tons of like big name recording artists on some of their their tracks. So, and this will serve as your reminder to text Matt our uh, your address. So Thank you. Can... When this comes out on Friday, I'll be sure to remember that. Yes, <laughs> I thought about it. He has one last show on this tour. He's actually in New York tonight. We're recording on uh, on Sunday evening, so he is uh, finishing out his little Northeast tour with uh, a performance at Will's Pub. Or Joe's Pub, I'm sorry. Joe's Pub. Joe's Pub in New York City. Uh, so yeah, no, Matt's show was great. Uh, we also saw the live vocal stylings of uh, Mr. Tom Goss. Yes. On uh, on the Wednesday night. And that was uh, that was fun. What did you think of that show? Because um, you hadn't seen him live in this kind of setting before. I had before. not seen him live. I enjoyed his storytelling. Um, his his music, while he is, a, he is a talent, and I'll never take anything away from his talent, I didn't connect as much to his music as I did to Matt's music. But I still enjoyed the performance. It was good, and he was—he played a couple of new things off of uh, the upcoming Territories album, which actually I liked a, a lot. The newer stuff, I think, I thought was Berlin more... was a great song. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, at the end of the concert, he was like, "Okay, so I'm going to do this song. It's going to be the final song." He's like, "You know, put in quotes, final song." He's like, "After I'm done, you're all going to cheer and clap, and you're stands up." And I'm going to be like, oh, for me? And then after that is done, I'm going to play one more song on the piano. But I want you all to come up really close. Because like, come up on the stage, be around me. And then the woman running the show from the, the tech booth was like, um, they can't stand on the stage. <laughs> and he was like, oh, okay, never mind. Uh, so so everybody kind of just gathered around except for Eric and Chrissy and Scotty. Bitch. They were like, we want to be near the exit door so we can leave. <laughs> And uh, and uh, I got to be like right up there when he sang, and I was really drunk at that point. I'm like, it's so moving and powerful, and I'm like, I'm swaying not because of the beat, but because I can't find my equilibrium. <laughs> Is it like when I saw Cindy Lauper and a uh, homosexual in the back? It was like, sing fearless. And my friend goes, well, I mean, it is a good song. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually why I gave up my ticket to see Fleetwood Mac, because even though I really, really wanted to go back, you know, this is years ago, a friend was having a really difficult time. I'm like, no, go. Take my ticket. Go. Like, it's fine. I'd have pushed and, her down the stairs and be like, bitch, you'll, you'll survive. I'm going to see Stevie Nicks. And then, and then I said, let's be real. I don't want to embarrass your parents. <laughs> But getting really drunk and screaming, I love you, Stevie. Saying, stand back. <laughs> I almost want to pay for you to go see Stevie Nicks and have that happen. Uh, you know, and Lindsey Buckingham, I was, I would scream, Holiday Road. All I want to hear is Holiday Road. Holiday Road. 
<laughs> part of the Barioke songbook. Is it? Yes. Wow. It, we only got one file of it. Just like, <laughs> I randomly just typed it in, and I'm like, we really have this? That's that one random company that Lindsey Buckingham was like, here, I'll just give you the rights to the song. You can just make the track. It'll be all right. Which wouldn't be a hard karaoke, because it's only got like five words, and then a guitar break. Well, yep. here's the, the problem. five words. He... He, like Stevie, likes to yodel. So <laughs> yeah. you, have to, oh. you have to oscillate <laughs> at such like dynamic peaks and valleys that you're just like, you sound like you're going through puberty. Holiday Row. <laughs> I mean, not quite as bad as Tarzan Boy, but yeah, it's still. <gasps> I love Tarzan Boy. Actually, what I really love is um, uh, China Girl by, <laughs> by David, David Bowie. Bowie. Yeah. But it's really inappropriate to say because it's one <laughs> called Chatter Girl and two talk about Nazis. <laughs> <laughs> but it's got the, like one of the greatest like 80s Japan uh, like Japanese invasion sort of soundtracks. Yeah. The same with um Anika with uh Oriental Boy. Like I love that song. Can't sing it. It's rude and racist. <laughs> so Tom Goss was good. Tom was good. And uh, we also saw some amazing uh, drag performances. We saw Peaches Christ, Jinx Monsoon, and Liza Lot in their production of Hokum Pokum. It was fantastic. It was really cute. How is Peaches? Because I've been a fan of Peaches Christ for years. And I've always wanted to see her live, and I've never been able to see this her. This show live. was really good. I only have one other show of hers to compare it to, which was Return to Grey Gardens. And I preferred this one, but it's I knew the source material a little more for this versus Grey Gardens. Yeah, I think I would have to agree. I mean, Grey Garden Return to Grey Gardens was was fine. It was cute. Um, I think it was a little slower of a yeah. show, where this was a little more kind of all over the place and a little more spastic in a good way. And uh Peaches was good. We actually I this was the first time I actually got to meet Peaches because last time they only did uh the little like meet and greet for vip ticket holders so this time around we watched the show and then we were eating we ate there i think right after yeah, right yeah because we were in between shows at that point yeah so we were like okay we're gonna go see hokum pokum and then tom goss is later so we'll just eat in between the show in between show times and they came out so we got to like see them and talk to them i actually got to tell peaches about the first time like how i first came to know about peaches christ was through npr through wait wait don't tell me Yay. Oh wow! And I was like, that was the first time I had ever heard like bears talked about in like a mainstream forum. Was when they talked about like, so what do you look like under this, uh, under all of this makeup? She's like, do you know what a bear is? Because that's what this is. And I was like, my people in drag. <laughs> uh, no, but Peaches was awesome. And then, uh, and we even got to see Varla after her show real quick uh, that night. And uh, so that was sweet. Hokum Pokum. We also saw Trixie Mattel in her newest show. Skinny Legend. Skinny Legend. And uh, we saw Varla Jean Merman's Under a Big Top, where Eric likes to be. That's the subtitle. Who (laughs) doesn't? Under, over, all around. I'm not I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm just saying. It's the subtitle of the show. Inside out, round and round. Don't bring... Her 
Ross is a legend. <laughs> she doesn't need to debase herself for blue humor. <laughs> uh, but it was Varla's 20th anniversary as Varla Jean Merman. No, she- I thought it was just her 20th performing at P-Town. Her 30th as a performer. Oh, 30th as a performer. Oh, tw- yeah. oh okay. Sorry. Yeah. So it's 20th anniversary in Provincetown at the Art House, or not at the Art House, but performing there in town. So Under a Big Top has apparently been dubbed like by a lot of her fans as her best show ever. And it's probably a 16-year-old show, I think and it so was. So the joke was she loves that she peaked in 2007. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And so she updated it, you know, and and it was an amazing show. Yeah, she got to swing from a like a, a giant swing from the ceiling into the audience. Uh, I it just oh god, like that one female bear and country bear jamboree. Yes, yes. <laughs> so pretty much just exactly like that. Um, because if you see the washboard come in. <laughs> <laughs> if you've seen Varla out of drag, you know she is a big old bear, so it works. Uh, but fit as hell. I was gonna say oh. she's she's a muscle bear. She is a muscle oh. daddy. And uh, it was it was an amazing show. And the finale of the show was her singing "This Is Me" with a video montage like celebrating her history. Oh. And I've only known Varla for a couple of years. And I like just watching back like all of the stuff she's done and how like so much of it was is part of like gay um like cult culture and then seeing the mainstream parts that she has done and then just seeing like the shows come up and seeing the the last couple of shows that I've seen that like all those little posters come up was really touching and really emotional and it was really like it was a nice little send off. That was the last show we saw for the week. And it was a great like cap for the entire the entire performance week. Yeah. Yep. And uh, so the last thing we'll we'll just touch on because uh, if you are not Facebook friends with me or Eric or Scotty or Chrissy, uh, let's talk about tea dance. Because if you've never experienced tea dance in Provincetown, it's a glorious time. It's amazing. Four to seven every day, and the place just gets packed with people. If you show up early, there's lots of room to walk around. And it's funny because all the bears just stick to the sides because the sun is right in the middle and they just go in the shade. But it's easier to get drinks at that time because there's, there's shorter lines. And we have to shout out Gogo, who is our bartender of choice for drinks. God bless Gogo. He was fantastic as always this year. We always went to the, another bartender for shots. I'm not quite sure why, but I think it was just so we could we see more like, of the we dance just floor. We like to walk around. Yeah. Uh, it just was It's a sea of humanity. And you just kind of walk around, and people are in amazing, fun costumes. Uh, you have that guy from The Voice, Ezra. Oh, um, he's a Pacific Islander. He was a big ex-football player. He was on The Voice last mm. year. He had he had the whole like, mm. um, yeah. What was the Rock's character in Moana? <laughs> the what? Maui. Oh, uh, Maui. 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 Yeah. It very Maui. Like he, I mean, he's dressed like you know the dress of his people, and it was just, it was amazing. Just head to toe, giant he, headdress, the whole. Oh, he had a show that week, so he was doing a lot of promotion for the show. Yes. Oh, yeah. But it was fantastic. Then you had uh, solid gold uh, tea. You had these these guys come through with these giant headdresses. Yeah. It was it was fantastic. If you haven't 
been up there, go and experience tea for yourself and get a rum punch or four like I did most days. <laughs> or the lemonade because maybe vodka is more your friend than rum is. Ooh, a vodka lemonade? Yeah. How British. <laughs> <laughs> We kicked her out of the group when she switched to lemonades. We're like, screw you, bitch. You did no such thing. We you lo- did You not. loved me just as much. I know, because you still were getting drunk, so it didn't matter. <laughs> Except for that one day, that first day when he's like, I drank too much last night. I'm going to take it easy. Get and we're your like, ass out. <laughs> Get out of this house. You <laughs> little sister of mine. <laughs> I defended your right to not drink in the morning. It was appreciated. We gave him till 3 o'clock that afternoon to start drinking. Yes. He got the entire morning off. The rest of us, we started earlier. <laughs> so that was Bear Week in Provincetown. Out of five flames, Eric, what do you give it? I'm just kidding. 57. <laughs> dicks uh, in his mouth. 57 dicks in his mouth. Oh. Only four of them felt like fire. <laughs> also, penicillin can only do so much, bro. <laughs> He'll be going to the free clinic tomorrow. All right. So if you are enjoying what we are doing here on Flame On or just the Nerdy Show Network in general, and you want to follow us, you can check out nerdyshow.com. You can check out flameonshow.com. And you can find us on all of your favorite social media platforms. We're on Twitter, Facebook, uh, Instagram, Tumblr. We don't have a Snapchat. We're going to uh, we're gonna set up a Venmo account so you can just send us money directly. Uh, but anywhere that you want to find us, you can find us. And if you want to make it easy, you can just go to flameonshow.com and scroll to the bottom. All of our social media icons are down there. And if you would like to help support the network and our show, because we are listener-driven entertainment for you, then feel free to head over to patreon.com forward slash nerdy show, and you can become a patron. You can give as little as a dollar. Or up to as much as you want to. You can make it a one-time donation. You can make it a recurring monthly subscription. And if you want some of that money to come directly to us, feel free to leave a little note and say, hey, I'm doing this to support Flame On. All right. Back into less bear adventures and more geeky pop culture. Boo hiss. I know. I I, I miss it. I'm going through withdrawal as it is. Let's talk a little bit of TV. We had a couple of really... uh, positive uh renewal announcements that came out oh yeah there's a lot of them uh we had we'll touch on just a couple that that i know speak to this table in particular queer eye got picked up for season three and they're moving yep to kansas city missouri right come through missouri oh i don't know i didn't read oh, i just oh, okay. no no okay. i just saw i saw uh, the headline uh, but i was uh, like yeah no yeah. they're they're moving the can it's can it's going to kansas city missouri why uh, they because uh when they they've had so much success going to rural towns in Georgia, they're gonna actually start moving them around a bit more to uh to more rural red states. Cause there there's a lot of people that need help at Branson. You know, there's a song about moving to Kansas City. <laughs> the buildings are four stories tall. It's probably not four stories. It's been a while <laughs> since I've listened to Oklahoma. <laughs> Um, there is an interesting note that uh, they've been doing a ton of interviews on uh, YouTube, and uh, they've they because they when the first season dropped, they hadn't really done any interviews uh, with, around on like Vogue uh, on their website. They did a couple interviews. They've done some um, 
Instagram stalking challenges on YouTube. Those are hilarious if you haven't seen them. Um, Karamo got engaged, so it's they've been they've been they've been out there. So if you like the show, uh, take a peek on YouTube, and you'll find a whole bunch of stuff. Nice. And uh, they got nominated for an Emmy, and Jonathan Van Ness got a second nomination for Gay of Thrones. Yep. For short form. Yep. Wow. Good for him. Yep. I might see him in person when I go and catch those weird and wonderful crews. Yay, gay Jesus. Ah, gay Jesus. You know, I was, <laughs> I was actually tempted to try to join you on Kesha's cruise, and then I saw Super Fruit is going <laughs> to be there. And for those of you who don't know, I have a blood vendetta <laughs> wow. against really? Super Fruit. I did, not, I did not know what did they do to you. This. Here is why, Pat. You know this, don't you? I know. I love it. To tell the <sighs> tell the world. Just thinking about it makes me so mad. <laughs> so, what did Scott and Mitch do to you? I love Whitney Houston. Yes. The day Whitney Houston died, I was seeing the B-52s for the first time. So excited. I got one text message from a friend who's straight and is a jackass, even though he's my older brother. And he goes, hey, man, your people are dropping like flies. First Michael, now Whitney. And I texted him back. That is not funny. We do not joke about that. Another friend texted me and said, I waited until the Associated Press confirmed it. Whitney Houston was found dead in her. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hotel room. And in the middle of a crowd full of gay men, I dropped to my knees and screamed, Oh God, now Whitney, take me instead. Did it stop the concert? No. <laughs> then the B-52s came on and I just couldn't focus and I needed I, I slept next to a man who I knew was no good for me because I just needed somebody to hold me through the night fast forward to um, a couple weeks later Pentatonics did a Whitney Houston tribute and as um as someone who loves music and loves lyrics I think I'm a lyrics purist and lyrics do not change regardless of who's singing a song the lyrics stand. <laughs> and that's when my friend was like, hey, another friend, you should like Pentatox are great. Like he loves acapella. I'm like, okay, I'll give it a shot. He's like, they did a Whitney Houston tribute. And I'm like, oh, okay. I could, I could use a little, like a little uplift. And that's when I heard it. 
They started off. Everything seemed great. It was for how will I know? I'm like, okay, that's basic but appropriate. And that's when them two heifers, gay as gay can be, said the words, there's a girl I know. She's the one I dream of. And I stopped that clip dead in its tracks. (laughs) And I said, play that bitch back. And they said, Oral, what are you talking about? I'm like, play the fuck back. And so they played it, and they're like, Oral, what's wrong with it? I'm like, you don't see it? Back and to the left. Back and to the left. Back and to the left. There's a girl I know. She's the one I dream of. The lyrics are, there's a boy I know. He's the one I dream of. Them two homosexuals stood up in front of God and everyone during a Whitney Houston tribute and changed the lyrics because they didn't want anybody to know that they were gay. One of them is a literal meme. Rock bottom. Rock bottom. How dare you? How goddamn dare you? Spit it in her grave. <laughs> now tell us how you really feel. They can rot. <laughs> I kind of want you to go now just so I can see the, the resulting YouTube video of, of you tackling one of them. I see the headlines now. Enraged homosexual pulls, pushes artist off a of boat. She had it coming. <laughs> she only had herself to blame. <laughs> So awesome uh, for Jonathan and for Queer Eye getting those Emmy nods. Uh, In addition to uh, Queer Eye getting a renewal, Pose has already been announced for a season two. Yep. Let me tell you why I'm mad. Last (laughs) night. (laughs) Please do. Last (laughs) night. I'm like, you know what? I'm not feeling that well. We all got pains. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to watch Pose because I hear everybody's in it. I hear it's great. One of my my favorite documentary of all time is Paris is Burning. I've just been super busy, haven't been able to watch. They had episodes two, <laughs> three, five, and seven on demand. Where was episode one? Where was episode one? What am I supposed to do? I think I pay I... for all these services. You mean I gotta buy the season on DVD too? <laughs> I think I have it on the DVR. You can come over and watch it. Okay. <laughs> and the, I think the other ones that are missing, too. I think I have them all on there. We'll so see. Mad. I think the show is very well done. I think that it's an amazing cast showing a very crucial and very difficult time for people of color, queer people of color, trans people of color. Um, Billy Porter is fabulous as pray tell uh i think that having janet mock and our lady jay as basically being the two people that are the showrunners the heads of the show the ones who are in charge of this this production is amazing because you're getting told the story by people who it affects i'm it's a big part of our history it's a yeah no and it's amazing i think it's a Honestly, I was a little concerned because Ryan Murphy can fuck up a show. He can he can start it out really good. There's always that one episode, and, and then, then it, just it just plummets. It just hits a spot. 
He's good for a season, so watch out season two. But the fact that he is not as, as directly involved gives me hope. Um, because I love it for the story it's telling. I haven't connected with it a hundred percent, but I think it's amazing, and I'm so thankful that it's that it's a part of our television landscape right now. Yeah. Because children today, God I sound fucking old need to know that need to know that history that isn't taught isn't told isn't talked about and i think you know not all of the acting's amazing but it's a it's a really good show like i waited a couple of weeks to watch and i watched a co- like the first i think 3 episodes and the third episode is the christmas one and that was where it really hit a shot and i think that get to that watch that if you're having a little trouble kind of connecting with the characters or getting into the show, get through the Christmas episode and you'll be hooked on the show. So I'm really glad to hear that I got picked up for a second season. So it's twelve episodes, I believe. Oh, good, because the first season's only eight, if yeah. I'm if I'm not mistaken. The first season is eight. Um so or we'll have to you'll have to come over and watch episode one and and just tens, 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 tens. Across the board. Yes. Two last, one thing we're going to mention really quickly, uh, BJFX has announced a series based off a comic adaptation. Do you want to tell us about that? Yes. Um, for those of you that aren't familiar with Why the Last Man, it's a comic basically about every male mammal on the planet dies off. Except uh, for a guy named York and his trainer monkey, Ampersand. Yep. Oh, uh, Ampersand. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. And it's really, like, it's really interesting how the political landscape changes, how the world um certain species of animals can no longer exist so it's it's very it's so very the world's a better place basically no no because here's the problem why the last man shows you that man's problems aren't just men's problems they're human problems because you know socioeconomic issues survive this massive genocide of men and you don't know why the men died and um you know the world they left if you had a co-ed army, chances are your army will have a massive hit, but you'll bounce back. But most of your doctors, your lawyers, your law enforcement, just dead instantly. How do you govern? Because we set up this society where men were dominant, and now that they're not, humanity's fucked. Yeah. It's not just fucked because society collapsed. They're fucked because it's game over. All the men are dead. And that's by is that a, that's a Vaughn series? Yep, Brian, Brian K. Vaughn. Ah, yep. uh, so awesome! So it's getting a TV adaptation through FX. So they did a they've been doing a good job with Legion. So it'll be interesting to see how they they handle uh, bringing that series to life. I mean, this is kind of the perfect time to do something like that too. Oh, I, I was mean, gonna say it yeah. feels like uh like this perfect time with Handmaid's Tale on Hulu and <laughs> Why the Last Man. We're just seeing where our world is going to right now. Hell, hell. <laughs> And so the last thing we'll talk about on the TV side, we just had a five-night, six-episode Stephen Bomb. We had a gay wedding. And a gay wedding. We had a gay wedding. I'm so happy. It was fantastic. Although, I'm speaking just for me. (laughs) You can either agree or disagree, but it felt a little anticlimactic in those last moments. Yes. It it built pretty strong those last two episodes, and then it did kind of taper out really quick. And it would have been okay... Had they not shown like that little teaser for the new episodes, because it just felt like, oh, 
All right. And I'm sure that's obviously not just going to be how it'll be for the rest of it. Yeah. But it still felt a little, it still, it didn't feel like it lived up to it by showing us that little clip afterwards. So the premise of this five episode or six episode block is the fallout from the Crystal Gems finding out that Rose Quartz is Pink Diamond and the split of Ruby and Sapphire. Yep. And how basically for the first couple of nights it was an episode per character in essence and how the revelation is affecting them. And, you know, Sapphire running away and not wanting to reform his Garnet. Uh, Garnet. Because she feels she should have seen it coming. Because that's one of her gifts to tell the future. Yeah, and, and she, didn't, she didn't question it. She, she just believed. She, yep. uh, Garnet wanting to find out what life is like on her own because so much or of her life has been... Ruby, um, yeah. Ruby wanting to find <laughs> out what life is like on her own and not as part of Garnet. Uh, you had Amethyst trying to cheer up Steven. I actually really like, cause, cause we've, cause we've, so the, the thing I liked is that we actually kind of got a final climax to Pearl's issues. Yeah. Like all of Pearl's stuff is done finally. And then we had, I know the last, the previous, one of the previous two Steven bombs, you had that whole thing with Amethyst and, and Steven talking about they're the worst gems. And then, so now you have Amethyst kind of like, I'm not going to fall apart on you. She She's like, I'm going to be here for you because you're amazing and I want you to be happy. And I was like, it was one of those just side slaps of like goodness that I didn't see coming. And it was, I really, really liked that episode a lot. Yeah. And it showed grief and the coping mechanisms from many different angles. And showed how you can use them to deal. But at the end of it, you always kind of... It helps you to become a stronger and better person. Yeah. Because they always left the episode with whoever it was focusing on being stronger and more resolved about who they were and, and how they're feeling. And accepting that they're feeling a certain mm-hmm. way about it. And then uh, the bringing back Bismuth. That, that was, was kind of fun. I love. I thought that was well done. Yeah, that was very well done, and I just, I just like the whole thing of it fits perfectly in with the whole idea of feeling betrayed and forgiveness and wanting to move past pe- through past mistakes, and the whole thing with Stephen being like, "They're gonna forgive you. You have to forgive yourself. Please come to the wedding. We love you." And like just watching her find out about the cracked gems. Yep, and having to deal with that. Yeah, no, it was it was very well done, and I enjoyed the fact that they did a reverse bookend episode title because you had the big Garnet episode back in in season two, the end of season two, I believe it was, uh, the answer. Yep. And one of the episodes in this bomb was the question, because after Ruby spends that time alone. She realizes that she doesn't want to be apart from Sapphire and that she can still be her and be a part of Garnet as well. And she asks Sapphire to marry her. I love Sapphire's reaction of just like, what? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, but what? 
It was really, it was really, really cute. I even, and even though like that last episode felt super rushed with the diamond showing up to get the the cluster, love the fact that the cluster is just like this giant hand that's like no. <laughs> I just love the fact that it turned around and gave the thumbs up. Yeah. I was like, come on, Trixie Mattel. <laughs> so, so is the on other worlds has the cluster become the ships? Possibly. Or no, no, the cl- the cluster itself is just supposed to be a weapon. So it's it's just. It's singular to Earth. I was going to say, was it something that they've done before? Or was this when the insurrection was happening? They planted this weapon. They it was probably it was probably when the insurrection was happening. They planted the weapon because they realized that they weren't going to get a, an actual colony out of the Earth. Oh yeah, Be- because I wasn't sure if the cluster formed that are like just to mimic the other ships, or I think because so. that probably. was the purpose to become an arm like that. It's a good question. No, I feel like it was just kind of almost to explode the planet. And it was more aesthetically proper to have it arm wrestle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But um, I even liked the little moment with uh, Steven's little out-of-body experience trying to talk to the diamonds. Like, actually trying to. And we finally got Yellow Diamond's deal where he's listening to her thoughts. And the whole time. Because, like, the whole time I really thought Yellow hated Pink. No, she feels guilty for giving Pink earth and then she supposedly died she felt responsible for the fate of pink diamond yes yeah so it it definitely showed a different side because uh patty lapone has just been sassy and bitchy the entire time she's been on the show her as pink as a yellow diamond she's just been pure rage whereas blue's been pure grief yeah and then (laughs) that grief turned to rage because lisa hannigan was like fuck you hoes i'm here (laughs) and when that blue diamond showed up i was like Okay, I like Blue Diamond now. Oh yeah. <laughs> like, although when the, when those tears started, like at the they're at the reception and and Steven starts crying, Eric and I literally because it was we were in Provincetown or yeah at yeah. that point because we you know obviously it was on Friday night and we were already away so we we're laying on the bed like before we went out for the day watching and the tears started and I just gasped and was like oh god. Womp womp. Because I knew exactly what was happening. It's like oh you're crying. It's just it's such a happy occasion. I was like. Oh no, that means the diamonds here. The diamonds here. Blue's here. <laughs> I, I but I I really like that and it's going to be interesting to see. I I really love the fact that even though he's been fighting them all this time, he even he he was like we're family. We need to stop fighting and I'm like, "Oh, he thinks of them as his, his actual sisters. This is so cute." Like once again Steven with the adorable nonsense, but um Well, that song he sang at the beginning of that episode. Oh I yeah. I just loved it. Like just, I realize we're all hurting, but we can we can spare a moment to be happy. You know? Yeah, yeah. It set the tone for that episode really well. Like I was glad they did that that double length episode for that final the the finale of that Stephen bomb. I really felt like when they figured out that Rose was pink, I wanted them to get pissed and form Green Diamond. <laughs> and for and and fuse and have that be the end moment of it and leave it on that cliffhanger like that for me would have been like a gut punch of like oh my god i can't wait to see what happens next and like you know i mean still it'd be interesting to see how because obviously this we're looking at this coming to a close soon oh yeah because yeah. you can't have this much this, get to this part of the story and then have like three more seasons to go like it's gonna have to be some sort of other conflict if you're gonna try to go further with this but it's but, it's interesting to see how they're proceeding to this end point. 
And now, and now we're actually going to get probably more history and an explanation as to what the diamonds are, which I'm excited for because there is a white diamond somewhere. Oh yeah, because she's in her hand. Not been mentioned at all, so I can't wait to figure out what's going to happen with that. I'm wondering if maybe blue and yellow kind of side with the gems a little bit or more on their side, and then white diamond comes in because obviously when we saw that the corruption the, uh, well, light, well, we not even so much that. Well, we saw her hand for that when that attack happened, but their mural on the moon base, when we learned more about it, and that was the first time we kind of got a glimpse of how the hierarchy worked. Yeah. Because you saw their their color diamond on the number of planets and moons that they governed, and white has the most, so white is the most senior diamond. So I'm interested to see if it's going to be a matter of like them versus white at the end of this whole thing. Yeah. Yeah, probably... I think it'll probably be where White's just going to be willing to sacrifice Pink. Like, see, see yeah. how sees how she's not even. I mean, she's still Pink, but she's Steven now. And the and fact that she didn't want to do this anymore, to be a part of that, and left them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So lots of good TV. Um, we're in the summer months, so a lot of our regular shows aren't back yet. Uh, Nailed it. Season two came back uh, with a crossover with Queer Eye. And I, I kind of, I'm kind of digging how Netflix is doing this. Like, hey, we're gonna do this show, we're gonna film a full season, but we're not quite sure how it's gonna work. So here's half the season half of it called season one. And then when it does really well, they're like, three months later, they're like, oh, season two is here now, and we got the second batch of nailed it episodes. But that queer eye episode was recorded well after, because Jacques lost a bunch of weight and you, the production quality. They actually gave him some money. Yeah. So it felt a little <laughs> different. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see how they progress with these shows now that they're gaining such uh, a fan following. Although I will say this, not as funny as uh, the first season. Oh. The Unicorn Cake episode, notwithstanding. I felt like they had the better bakers and they left them for the second half because they weren't as disastrously funny. Yeah. So. Um, oh, honorable mention. Samurai Gourmet, if you want to watch like food porn set in Japan with a cute little like story, it's only 11 episodes. It's about a salary man who turns 60, he retires, doesn't know what to do with his life, and he finds joy in eating food by himself at different restaurants. Oh, oh it's, it's me. Only I watch oh. Netflix on my phone while I eat by myself. Eh, close enough. <laughs> I have a question. Do you do you actually like use utensils or do you just scoop the mac and cheese out of the saucepan? I mean, it with de- your hand. Depends on the restaurant. Depends on how hot the waiter is, too. Makes sense. They have to know I like it sloppy, so. You have no dignity. <laughs> <laughs> I'm honest, Oral. I'm honest. And he's hashtag immoral, Oral, so it works out. People haven't called me that in a real long time. I've worked at rehabbing my persona. Thank you very much. I'm happy to bring it back. Uh, so last month, Brian brought up this uh, this new little section called What You Listening To uh, to highlight podcasts or music. I don't know if you guys have any new uh, new stuff that you want to talk about. Uh, Oral is emphatically excited about this. So we'll start with you. Tell okay. us what you're listening to. Okay. So I have both a musician. Um, world song artist and um, a podcast. 
I've talked about it before, but you must remember this has finally come back after their long hiatus. Ooh. Oh, it's been so long. And uh, they are doing um, uh, a segment called False News, and it's about Hollywood Babylon, the book that came out that made all these wild accusations, and everybody took them as gospel because, you know, decades ago, there was no Google. You couldn't fact check really, really easily. And so they're going back telling these awesome stories. Um, it's a season in two halves. So the first half is the silent era, which I love when they do the silent era. And then um, past that is like the talkies and such. So I'm really excited to have Karina Longworth back. It's been far too long. Episodes drop every Tuesday, if I'm not mistaken. So um, it's been good. We've, we've gotten the first two. I love it. The other thing is, I'm listening to Ultranate because it, she's always been like a blind spot, but I've, I've really appreciated what I've heard. And so I'm doing like deep dives into her albums and it's been really fun. Nice. Cool. BJ, you got something new you're listening to? Yes. Um, I'm actually listening to it's uh, the new album by Panic at the Disco um pray for the wicked i've heard good things about it oh my god you mean i have more panic songs to ask you for pat yes yes you do dear god in heaven fuck a silver lining first track i'm sure i'm sure there's a karaoke track for it already um, i love how people are like i'm sure there is one i haven't found some of the new christina aguilera either i thought they'd be there too oh she dropped an uh, album <laughs> <laughs> but uh it, no it's really good and uh i believe uh the uh the only singer now because it's not really a band anymore at this point um he came out as bisexual i mean everybody pretty much knew it but he actually was like oh no i like dudes and did a video with puppets yep yep oh yeah that's um oh i love that uh i love that mu- that video yeah it's uh, oh god it's something something mama hey, mom. Look, hey look mom i made it oh yeah yeah, yeah that's that's it. probably my favorite song on the whole album so but that's what's the only reason I know that is because uh, Music Video Sins did it and everything wrong with <laughs> for that video. Eric, do you have something you're listening to? Recently released were a couple of, uh, I wouldn't call them dual albums, but they were released similar timing. Um, There's a couple cover albums of Elton John music. Is this like when Shania Twain did Up and there was a red and a green album? One was pop, one was country? Kind of, but you don't get them together. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, one is called Revamp, which is a bunch of covers done by pop artists. I've heard that. Some songs are really good. Yes. Yeah, and yeah. some are just, wow, that's just kind of a straight cover. And then there's also Restoration, which is the one that I really enjoy, which is covers done by country artists. Of whose music? Elton John and Bernie Taupin. Ah. Yes. So a couple of the standout tracks for me are Mona Lisa's and Mad Hatters by Baron Morris, uh, I Want Love by Chris Stapleton, and This Train Don't Stop There Anymore by Emmy Lou Harris and Roseanne Cash. Awesome. I listened to a little bit of the, uh, the I Want Love cover. I didn't love it as much as the original, but it was good. Yeah. I, I love that song. It's, it's, it's a very powerful song. It's not as popular and it's a more recent Elton song, probably within the last 15 years. I think it was released, actually, on one of his greatest hits albums. Oh, like, it might like, have been. Like 1970 to 2001 or something like that. Because that, um, 
there's another one that came out that's on that God, same album. That... Like he released like three <sighs> new songs on that album. Feels so old now because I think that was that was probably the late '90s then. Because I want love. That's the video with Robert Downey Jr. Right. I don't remember to be honest. I think it is. I think that's the same time this trade don't stop here anymore. I think so. Th- those two might have been on there because that one was a video with uh, Justin Timberlake. And yes, you are correct that uh, Robert Downey Jr. is in this. Uh, 2001. Okay, so within the last yeah, within the last you know 20 years, I'm I feel a little better about my life right now. Uh, and it was uh, songs from the West Coast was the album. Okay, interesting. Any other anything else you wanna you wanna mention? Uh, no, not really. All right. The o- the only thing I will tack on to yours is that they did a televised tribute to Elton John where they did a lot of the revamp uh, songs live. And uh, I got super excited because Kesha performed Goodbye Yellow Brick Road. And I was super stoked because I'm like, okay, I want this. I liked her her rendition of it. I'm like, I want this on the album. And I got so excited. And then I saw the album, and it's not Kesha doing that on the album. And I felt so cheated in my life. Uh, I don't really have any podcast recommendations outside of my normal uh, Wait, Wait, uh, Ask Me Another which uh, perfect timing coming home from Bear Week that the uh, Darlene Love as the special guest episode of Ask Me Another, uh, they they talk about um, bears not saying woof and uh, being friendly in reference to like black bears at Yellowstone Park. And I just found it hysterical as I'm on the plane coming home from Bear Week. And I'm like, um, I'm friendly and I say woof. So touche. These are called lies. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I do want to uh, give a mention, and it's uh, helped contribute to some of my uh, music that I played a lot over the past week. Uh, a lot. A lot. <laughs> uh, Pop Culture Happy Hour did a uh, break from their traditional format for one episode, and Steven uh, did a an NPR music takeover. And yeah, I heard that. They were. He was looking for the song of the summer, so he had all the members of NPR Music come through and give their song of the summer and why they feel that way. And um, Casey Musgraves' "High Horse" was a choice, uh, which is a nice little summer bop. Um, Haley Kiyoko, "Curious" was another another choice, which is a very interesting song. And if you start really listening to the pronoun game. Uh, because she is a queer woman, bisexual, pansexual, something along those lines. But the way the song plays out, you you kind of be like, oh, okay, well, it's this girl talking about like this guy that's not with her. But when you start listening to how the pronouns are thrown around, she's talking about a girl mm-hmm. who's with this guy, but is still like trying to get with her, or they've been together, and like like this whole kind of weird, like like twisted relationship. And um, the Carters, Ape Shit, was also a choice, and um, that became kind of a theme song. <laughs> scoot, scoot, scoot. <laughs> because I call uh, Scotty Scoots at the bar. It's my little way of, of getting his attention, so he always knows when I'm yelling at him. And uh, this was before Ape Shit came out, but, you know, she goes, uh, you know, fast like my Lambo. And it's, scoot, scoot, scoot. <laughs> and it just became one of those things that we just started doing all around town, and then it, it just, it was fun. Uh, so if you get a chance, if you're looking for some new uh, fun little summary music, uh, check out that episode of uh, Pop Culture Happy Hour. 
So last thing that we're going to hit on as far as topics uh, before we do our one-ups for this episode is uh, some comics. I don't think there's been a ton of huge stuff. There's been some big stuff, and we'll talk about that. But uh, otherwise, like, I don't think there's too too much craziness. Uh, indie-wise, is there anything big that we should know about Oral? Rob uh, Guillory, who was the artist for Chew, came out with uh, his solo project called Farmhand, where um, a man through who knows how has found a way to grow human organs and limbs like a farm uh like uh, a farmer would and uh there's some like dark undertones you know it's completely eerie off the bat but it's really fun and refreshing like i i really i'm super excited about that book also if i didn't mention it when i was on the show last mark millar came out with magic order which is about um wizards who have kept the supernatural world at bay for humanity. So that's why we've never actually seen like demons or dragons or that sort of stuff. But uh, there's a lot of intrigue. There's a lot of infighting. Murder is right out the gate. So those are the two that kind of like pop into my head. Magic Order by Mark Millar, even though you might be waiting eight months for issue two. I don't know. <laughs> and Farmhead, because Rob Gary is one of the nicest people ever. Super sweet guy. His art is wonderful and gorgeous in that sort of like cartoony sort of way that we don't necessarily see anymore. Awesome. All right. So moving from there into DC. Mm-hmm. Bendis has finished his Man of Steel five or six issue uh, series. I want to say it was five. I thought um, it was six. Okay. It was probably six. I think it was six. Yeah, it was six, which was great and set up the new status quo for him rolling into issue one of superman i really liked it um i've never I, I don't dislike superman but it's really hard to keep my interest with superman i like what they're doing they're moving the fortress of solitude and they're um redesigning it it's cool uh, i don't want to give the spoiler but it's not where you think it would be even though it still has a sort of like iceberg feel to it uh dc has also been Killing it with the Batman, Catwoman, Batman 50 uh, wedding special that rolled into Catwoman number one. I think you should read both of those issues because it gives a really good balance to the story. Stop it's- trying to sell it. Stop trying to sell no. it. We're not in the store right now. <laughs> but That's how you got us to buy it and read it. But what I'm saying is if you've been putting in the work and reading Tom King, you should re- be reading anything Tom King does, period. But yes, yes. If you have been reading his Batman from issue one to see what he pulled at the end of issue 50, wedding aside, one, that issue was gorgeous. Two, it was incredibly insightful. And three, he flipped tables and I was shocked. Aaron had to pull me aside. He's like, did you see this and that on that final page? I'm like, holy shit, I didn't. Things are deep and a character who I have never given a fuck about has changed the game. He is not one to sleep on because we all slept on him, but it was a joke, and he has fucked shit up. Hmm. It was a very interesting take, and I haven't been reading the run, but I did read issue 50 and Catwoman 1. You should go back. Go back and read the run because it is, it is smart. 
It is I, super smart. I may have to because honestly, like you said, I it is Tom King, and honestly, from reading the Vision, mm-hmm. I have a a very big appreciation for what he's done. So that might have to be something I go back and and check out. Anything else, big DC wise? Um, I mean, those are two huge things. Batman and, uh, yeah. and Superman are two of their their biggest heroes. We're inching close to their new adult line, which I'm really excited about because Tom King is writing this book called, I think it's called Sanctuary, and it'll focus on Booster Gold, Harley Quinn, and the heroes. And what do you do when all you deal with is darkness and you punch things and people die? And it's it's like, where do you go for help? like mentally like where do you go to sort of like keep the fight going because a lot of these heroes even though they're supernatural beings or aliens they have feelings they have emotions and they have to process a lot so i'm i'm really i'm really stoked about that i think it's going to be a really smart way to approach um the dc universe i i I miss things like max series or marvel knights I miss Elseworld Tales and to give you like heavy hitting sort of stuff that's not just by Alan Moore um, will be great. Awesome. All right. So moving on to the world of Marvel Comics, uh, we had one big Fourth of July title launch, and that was Captain America number one, written by ta Coates. Who is going to make white people mad? <laughs> <laughs> um, Captain America's dealing with a lot of stuff. And if you can read between the lines, you know he's talking about um, society today. Specifically, not just America, but this sort of nationalistic rise where you familiarize yourself with the things that you're used to. So, you know, we always call our soldiers boys overseas. You know, like, you left our boys to die. Like, you know, we're very proud of them. And, you know, in a lot of ways, you should be. Like, my grandfather served in World War II. And then he came back and had to still use segregated bathrooms. And 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 that's kind of, like, what this is. Like, you have this idea of what, like, this grand idea of what your country is. But if you don't see the faults, if you don't see the issues that they cause, mm-hmm. worse things show up. It's like an infection. Like... You can lance it, but if you don't treat it, the problem comes back sometimes worse than ever, which I, I really, I, I'm really excited about. Yeah, no, it was very well done. Um, we've seen a new era of both X-Men Blue mm-hmm. and Astonishing X-Men. Yeah, solid start. Yeah. Solid start. I like the big reveal at the end um oh goodness i (laughs) i was sitting there on the couch reading it and uh it was fourth of july and so brian was home from work and i'm sitting there and i'm on the tablet and i'm going through going through going through and i get to that last page i was like oh he's like what i'm like did you read uh astonishing he's like no i'm like then i'm not saying anything go ahead and read it it was it was definitely not what i was expecting to come out of that at, at the end of that book I also like how they like the shoehorn beast as, oh, I have all these friends in the X-Men. You don't have any friends. You're a nerd. <laughs> bitter and grandiose. Oh. Yeah. yeah. Um, any other big things in Marvel that our listeners should uh, check out? Venom has been hot, hot, hot. 
written by Donny Cates. Uh, once again, like King, if you aren't reading something by Donny Cates or you're only reading one thing by Donny Cates, you should be reading all things by Donny Cates. I'm not going to lie. Doctor Strange is really hard for me right now because I'm not I'm liking out. it. I'm out. Yeah, it, it's very, very odd. Uh, it, it's it's not good. Like, it's just, it's not, it's not good. It's not terrible, but it's not good. And middle of the road is bullshit. Yeah. Al Ewing, sometimes Al Ewing will come out and he'll write a book that I'll absolutely love, like Ultimates, until Ultimates got weird. And then it got better at the end. He's writing Immortal Hulk. If you haven't been reading Immortal Hulk, you are fucking up because it is old school Hulk. It is dark. Uh, During the day, he is Bruce Banner. But at night, the Hulk comes out and he is smart. And it's not like Grey Hulk smart. He is capable of speech and he is full of not rage, hate. And hatred fuels everything he does and they are telling some dark like black mirror fucked up type stories and i eat it up with a spoon is it like a dr jekyll mr hyde sort of thing yes it's exactly that i love that wow so um bruce is really fucked up but when is bruce not really fucked up but immortal hulk by al ewing really 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 great all right awesome so Listeners, remember, if there is a book that you would like us to uh, check out or you think that we're missing or you want to give us uh, some feedback on your favorite comics, uh, hit us up and and let us know. All right. So we're going to end our cast recording like we always do. And that is going to be with our one-ups for this month. I'm going to give it a quick start. I'll do a quick round around the table. I briefly touched on her show because I knew I wanted to talk about it a little more um, in the one-up section. When we were in, in Provincetown for Bear Week, Trixie Mattel has launched her third one-woman show called Skinny Legend. There are times when queens do one-woman shows or do these productions, and you're like, all right, that was cute. I'm okay with it. And then there are times where these queens have the longevity of 20 or 30 years, like Varley Jean Merman. For Trixie Mattel to come out of the gate with this being her third show and for it to be the level of fun and funny and quirky and sometimes downright wrong, it's amazing. I put her in a category not as high as Varla because Varla has a lot more um, time under her garter belt and this was just overall such an amazing show. She just toured with uh, her second show now with Moving Parts. Hopefully, she'll be doing more traveling and bringing the show around. I would love to see it come down here to Orlando, maybe to the Parliament House, or honestly, anywhere it came down here. I would want to go see it again. So, Trixie Mattel, Skinny Legend, is giving me life on this episode. BJ, what's your one up? All right, everybody. It's that time of year again. Um, By the time this uh, episode comes out, Prime Day would have passed and gone. That wonderful garage sale that Amazon likes to to do once every summer. Um, But this year, uh, interestingly enough, um, if you have a Twitch account and link it to your Amazon Prime account, you get something called Twitch Prime and... um, I believe before the end, of, by the end of uh, the week. So I think the day this recording comes out will be the last day. 
Uh, they've been releasing free games for anybody that has a Twitch Prime account. Um, and uh, there's been a ton of add-ons. They had some Warframe add-ons, if you play that. Um, they've had a couple of puzzle games for free, um, all through Amazon or Steam. So, yeah, I've been I've been downloading many a game that I'll probably never play because my, my Steam library, I think, is pushing 50 games right now, and I've played six of them. So that's what's giving me life. Awesome. Oral, what is giving you life? So I have rediscovered my love of watching gay Asian cinema in the dead of night. Uh, there's one series in particular that I, I skipped. And you know, like when you watch a series and you skip around because you want to get back to the good parts that remind you that love is possible. Um, there's a, a series called Heroin. Um, it's a Chinese drama about two stepbrothers who fall in love, but they never grew up together. Um, it's like a late in life, like your mother married my father sort of thing. Really well done. Very methodical about how they build the relationship. Um, really fun. And then because, you know, censorship, it, it got the axe. But if you really want to watch something that... <sighs> speaks to me on a lot of different levels because i don't care about sex i really care about like relationship building i would suggest watching heroin it's on youtube you can find it on youtube and for the episodes you can't find on youtube just dig around the internet and it'll show up nice but, uh, oh god what what's it also called um by lewin by by oh my oh my mandarin is such trash now by lewin which is which is like Oh, when you string it together, it sounds like heroin. It's both of the characters' names put together. And it, they're oh, addicted. It's kind of like a drug. Gotcha. So it's like, I think it's called addiction. Gay drama, addiction, heroin. It, it'll come up. Heroin. Heroin. Alrighty. Black tar. <laughs> Polk County tea. P&P. Eric, what is giving you life? So I started reading a book on the plane ride home from uh, Boston. And it is the newest novel in uh, the world of Warcraft uh, because they have a lot of supplemental books because the lore is just so great. They've been doing it for so long and I am a lore nerd. So I read such things. It's called Before the Storm. It is the transitional book in between the last expansion, Legion, and the upcoming expansion, which comes out next month, Battle for Azeroth. And it's just setting the table for what's to come in the story. Nice. Yes. If How was that reading Leto on the plane? Or Janai, you're trash. <laughs> <laughs> I don't need to be the pretty people. Pretty people. Alrighty. So that brings us to the end of another cast recording here. We hope that you guys have enjoyed our episode. We'll be back in two weeks with another micro for your entertainment. Remember, if you would like to check us out on the social medias, just head over to flameonshow.com. Scroll to the bottom. All of our social media icons are right there. And if you want to help support this show and the Nerdy Show Network, go to patreon.com forward slash nerdy show and become a patron today. And with that, dear listeners, thank you guys so much for being with us. And we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. <laughs> Later. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. 
and it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.